Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Breakdown. And today we have a very special guest, someone who is very well respected in the fitness industry. You may know uh, this gentleman already. With us today is Bobby Maximus. I'm a huge fan of Bobby. I followed his work for several years. Uh, for those of you who do not know who Bobby is, he's done so much in the fitness space. Um, from 2008 to 2017, Bobby was actually the general manager and trainee director at Jim Jones, which is a very well-respected gym um, in Salt Lake City, Utah. He has since opened his own space in his own gym. Uh, he's a family man. Um, has and you'll hear in this episode one of his uh, one of his uh, children in the background, um, and we get into some topics even about family life. Uh, but he's got such a diverse background. He was a police officer um, in the Toronto area, and he was also an MMA fighter um, in the Uf in, in the UFC. So he's done a lot, and he's such a um, proponent for just psychology and mindset. You'll see, we dive into just how he looks at things, even, uh, about how to maybe approach what we're all facing, um, in the world right now, which is this global pandemic, right. Of the coronavirus, and maybe some things that we can all work on and grow, grow from, uh, we of course talk on different training mentalities as well. Really enjoyed this conversation with Bobby, and I was so thrilled that he could join us. I was actually inspired. The reason why this even came about, I was so inspired by uh, the talk that we had with Max on the last episode, which I really, if you haven't checked it out, I hope that you guys do, about just networking and, and how to approach different people that I was inspired to reach out to Bobby in maybe a different way. And we were able to get him to agree to come on to the show. Um, so enjoy this episode. There was so much that we covered. Um, it's, it was a lot of fun talking to him. So without further ado, we'll dive right into this episode with Bobby Maximus. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Breakdown. I'm Joe, and with me as always... Ryan Turner. Guys, we're very excited for today's guest. Uh, I am a huge fan of this gentleman, so well-respected in the fitness industry, um, and I was thrilled that he wanted to be on the show with us. We're actually... Um, uh, he is someone that I would almost say has done it all, uh, from MMA fighting to uh, police work to working at Jim Jones and now even having his own facility... Um, very well respected and, and a contributor with Men's Health Magazine as well. Um, Bobby, it's good to it's good to have you on the show, man. Welcome. Thank you so much. I really and I appreciate the kind words. Um, so thank you very much. I'm honored that you asked me uh, to spend some time with you. Absolutely, man. Is that is that your son in the background? He is, and you guys better get used to him coming on the podcast because he is uh, a part of my life. He, he hangs out with me all the time. He's being groomed to take over the Maximus Empire as he gets older. <laughs> but uh, you, you guys—I mean, you guys get it during this, this unprecedented time, if you will. COVID, like everyone's working from home. It's just the way it is now. So it's, it's pretty incredible. I think the way it's going to change how people view work, people how people look at stuff—it's um, it's pretty wild. Yeah, it really is. And welcome to your son. We're glad to have on the podcast. Yeah. I myself have, uh, I believe your, I believe your son is three, right? 
I've got an 11 year old, three year old, and and a dude that's like two minutes old. Whoa, whoa, okay, <laughs> fully stocked house. I am. I am also working with a three year old at home right now, and the challenge is, uh, you know, I will start with them being kind of tough, but I think it definitely makes you a more resilient parent and uh, just a worker all around. So uh, I feel you there, man. Well, the other thing too is the word that I'm using to describe people right now is or, or a skill set is, is, uh, adaptability, if you will. Like everything right now is just about adapting to the current situation because we can't do anything about it. Like we're doing a, we're doing a podcast right now, but what if you always used, you know, to, uh, used to doing a podcast from your office, you've got to adapt. You've got to do it from home. You've got to adjust your schedule. You've got to deal with having kids around. You've got to deal with having your spouse around. Like people are going to have to change their ways. And I think what you're going to see and, and I'm big into the psychology of this stuff. So you can, you can tell me to shut up if it's boring you, but to see how people are going to like make or break out of the situation. What, what are you focused on right now, Bobby? Like what is, what is kind of your goal or I guess focus during this time? Like what do you want to get out of this time at home? You know, from an altruistic standpoint, I want to help as many people as possible. Uh, I think during this time, people need real fitness. I think they need a good leader, and and I think they need real help. And and it's a little bit concerning to me all the people that are now doing fitness stuff online because they don't know what else to do. Just That's open your Instagram live, and there's people working out and and giving away workouts who I've never seen work out a day in their lives before. So I want to help provide people with a real resource that they can use to better their lives during this time. And I think that with the state of confusion and, and, and panic and how worried people are in the future, I think fitness can be an anchor for people. For me, it's always been my anchor. Mm-hmm. No matter where I am in the world, I work out. Uh, if I sit down in a different country, I, I, I work out. If I'm depressed, I work out. If I'm happy, I work out. Like, it's just always there for me. And I, I want to help other people with that. So that's, that's number one. But the second thing, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm looking at this as an opportunity. Uh, I've had to pivot my business. I've had to change. We had to shut our gym down. And so I'm going to use this as an opportunity to, to grow my business, to, to improve my skill set, and, and to challenge myself. Yeah, I, I think that's obviously a healthy outlook on this. Um, we had a guest on the other day who said, you know, really the goal is I want to be a better person, you know, coming out of this than I did enter this, right? A lot of things we can't control, but there's certainly some things that we can focus on and control. Yeah, and it's the whole better person thing is, is thing is interesting to me. I hope that people do that, but I also don't have a lot of faith that people will. I think that people are going to come out of this and go right back to what they already know, you know. Um, but I maybe I'm wrong, and, and let's hope I'm wrong. Well, well, Bobby, what's your? I mean, what's your take on just like? Uh, you know, I see you as a leader, right? And uh, certainly in your own community, but even from an industry standpoint, I mean, what do you, what would you say to people that are um, just in a leadership kind of position, what they should be doing there in this time? Like what, what would their perspective or outlook, what, what do you think it should be? Man, I, uh, 
there's what should be done and what ought to be done, I guess. They're, they're, they're kind of, you know, or what people are doing and what ought to be done. They're different things. But if I can speak blanketly away from leaders, I want to preface this by saying, if you're listening to this and you you lost your job, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I can't imagine how tough that is. Uh, if, if you're down to your last paycheck, I, I can't imagine how tough that is. Uh, although I've been there, I've lived like that. I've lived paycheck to paycheck. Uh, I lived, I, I've lived poor. If you're going to lose your house or your business, I get it. That's tough. So those people I, I empathize with, and I think that worldwide leaders should step up and do more to help them, especially the people who, who really do well. You know, um, there's this whole thing in the industry right now how we're not supposed to charge for people. Like, how can you charge at a time like this? You guys heard that backlash a little bit. Like people expect everything to be given away for free, but where's Amazon? Where's Google? Where's Cisco? Where's Adobe? Where those people should be giving away stuff for free and helping people. So I wish a lot of these big companies would step up more. I've seen a lot of athletes step up. You guys see Zion Williams Williamson from the NBA. Do you guys know who he is? I mean, I assume everyone knows who Zion is, but he offered to pay. 30 days of salary for all the, the Smoothie King Arena's employees. Wow. I think it's amazing, and especially at his age, right? He's young. At, at his age, he's like 21 years old. Yeah. But where's the team owner doing that? Sure. Where's the, the wow. where's big business doing that? You know what I'm saying? So I, I wish big business would do more to help people. That said, there's a lot of other people who are crying and complaining and whining and all this other stuff because they are stuck at home and they have a job and they have health care and this is the worst thing that's ever happened to them and it kind of makes me sick a little bit. Because sure. it's not that bad. Yeah, you know what I mean? Pers- yeah. Well, yeah, perspective-wise, right? Like, I mean, I think, um, I mean, what? That goes into a conversation about just facing adversity itself, right? That. What challenges have you faced? And in relative terms, this isn't this isn't that bad. Like, bar, like obviously, what's going on in in the world? This is a serious problem, and it, it it needs to be addressed. It is being addressed. But in like my individual life, right, n- nothing's being impacted other or asked of me other than to stay at home, which relatively is not some serious challenge, right? Like we're all going through this together. Yeah, if you're fortunate enough to work at home and still make an income. I don't want to hear you complain. If you're not sick, I don't want to hear you complaining. Really? Because because you have to stay in and watch TV. You have to spend time with your wife. You have to spend time with your roommate. You you can't figure out a way to work out the grow up. It's not that bad. And yeah. that's where I think that, that, that people are, are losing it. Is that the society, I think we've forgotten the way or, or we've lost the ability to abuse ourselves. Yeah. It's like being alone is the worst thing that could happen. But uh, I'll tell you, I'm sitting in a, in a nice uh, family room right now. I don't know. In the United States, you call like a, like a basement and a family room. I'm Canadian. So I, sometimes I, I use words that people don't understand. Like I call a coach Chesterfield or, or I call a, like a remote control converter and people have no clue what I'm talking about, but you guys know what a family room is, right? <laughs> of course. Yeah. We're with you. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I don't know. I don't know what you call it here. A family room, a den, a rec room, or whatever it is. But I got, I got an 80 inch TV. I got, I got a PlayStation four. I, I've got Xbox one. 
at a Nintendo Switch. I have a Wii, I have a PlayStation 3. Uh, I got a shit ton of Legos. <laughs> I'm talking to two Don't great guys. On this. On a, I'm talking to two great guys on a podcast. I got I got a sex ass wife upstairs. Um, <laughs> I, I with my 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 kids that I love. Like I, I don't understand how that's that bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I, this I think is a really good. Um really good bridge into something that I think that you talk a lot about, which is just a positive mindset, right? So you, I believe you kind of use this, um, this kind of red light, green light type of thought and making sure that you're keeping um, a positive mindset uh, almost around anything you're kind of thinking. And the more that you can place yourself in that type of frame of mind, that it can then drive you to success or to some kind of outcome that you really want to achieve. Um, would you say that that's what people should be focusing on right now? Yeah, because you're stuck in the situation. So there's there's the old saying. I don't know who the first person to come up with it is, but you 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 what happens in life to a degree is beyond your control. It just happens. How you deal with it is one hundred percent within your control. So you 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 guys. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, guys, but you didn't invent the COVID. At least I don't think you did. You didn't unleash it on the world. You didn't ask for this to happen, but guess what? It's here, it's in your face, and you got to deal with it. How you choose to deal with that right now is crucial. It's, it's a choice, by the way. So you can let it run you over. You can be miserable. You can be depressed. You can stop shaving, stop doing your hair, stop taking care of yourself, stop brushing your teeth, let your fitness go to shit, and just be a victim. Or, you can use this opportunity to do some self-work. You know, uh, you could use this opportunity to increase your fitness. You could use this opportunity to spend time with your kids. Because, uh, Ryan, was it you you were saying you had a three-year-old? Yeah, wonderful, wonderful three-year-old. What a fun age. Okay, let, let me tell you, three weeks ago, you were just, I'm not saying this was you, but we're going to pretend it's you. Three weeks ago, you were calling up my phone complaining how you didn't have enough time with your kids. Sure. But now you have it, and you're complaining about that. <laughs> so, okay, we'll pick one. And, and this is honestly, again, I'm not saying you do this. This is what people do. So, embrace it. There is good that can come out of this. And like I said, it is different if you lost your job. It is different if your business is going to go under because of this. I, I feel for you. Yeah. But for the other people out there, you got two choices how you deal with this. So might as well deal with it in a positive way because I got news for you guys. It ain't going away tomorrow either. Yeah, I think it's going to be with us for a little bit longer. This is, um, I think you end up talking a lot about being brain strong, uh, which then can translate into a body being strong more or less, right? Um, you know, beyond just a positive mindset, because sometimes we might not know where, you know, positive thinking, um, maybe should stop. Um, and you know, we have to kind of let some reality kind of like put us in our place a little bit. Um, but is this, you're, you're basically saying that this is the time for people to become brain strong, uh, and make sure that they are maybe letting that translate to something later, whether it's, you know, body strong or lifestyle strong, family strong, uh, relate, you know, what, what, whatever it is, is this, can you expand on that kind of brain strong idea? Yeah, I actually think it's not just brain strong and not just body strong. I think it's a, I think it's a two way street. I think they influence each other. So. 
sick mind, sick body, sick body, sick mind. Like I think they go hand in hand. So uh, let's talk about it from from both perspectives. You're mentally weak, and you crumble when you face challenges. You've never had to overcome adversity. You can learn that using your body as a tool. If I train you in the gym, I push you past your perceived limits. I introduce you to a safe place to fail and try and try and try and finally succeed. Over time, your mind will get stronger and that strength, that ability to persevere will transfer to every other area of your life. Similar fashion, if you're mentally strong, you can endure physical pain. You can endure suffering. You can last longer during a workout than the normal person. Hell, you're going to show up more because the way I see it, the hardest part of the workout is put your shoes on. Mm. That's what derails most people. It's getting out the door to go do work. Just kind of, you're, you're basically saying you got to show up, right? You got to show up. That's going to make, that's the, that's the foundation of this all. Yeah. I mean, if, if all you ever did was show up, you'd be really successful in anything. That's it. That's the secret. Um, so my 11 year old, he is doing math at a level that I, I can't, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm good at math. Um, in university, people used to call me Jack Will Hunting. Um, but <laughs> the, 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 I, I, I'm a very smart calculus and finite and, and algebra and, and physics, uh, and, and things like that. Don't tell anybody though. It'll ruin my reputation. Um, but it came pretty easy to me. But he's doing math at a grade five level that I cannot believe he's doing. It blows my mind. How many times do you guys think I've done math work with that kid? I have no idea. <laughs> I haven't done Nothing. it in a long time. Not at all. <laughs> he shows up to school. So my point is, he's learned this by not doing anything extra not doing anything out of the ordinary. You know what he does? He wakes his little ass up. He gets his uniform on. He goes to school. He comes home. And I will tell you guys right now, I am the worst dad on the planet for enforcing homework. Like I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. In fact, the other day, his school gave him, I, I cannot believe I'm saying this on the air, but um, or on the podcast, but his school gave him uh, home instruction packages. He was supposed to supposed to do, and and I wanted to play The Last of Us on PlayStation Four, so I gave him the answer to so he could copy it and get it done quick and send it back to so we could play The Last of Us video game. That's who I am as a dad. But despite that, he's killing his Scholastic game, and and the reason I say that is is a to brag as a parent, but b he's done nothing more than show up. He's the bare minimum. He shows up at class, he kind of pays attention, and he comes home. Mm-hmm. And I, this is the result. And by the way, it's like that with every other thing in life. If you show up and do something every day, do either of you guys know about this is an analogy I've been throwing around? Uh, do either of you guys know about plumbing or electricity? No. I know. Not at all, right? Nothing? If, but you're smart guys. So, uh, which one of you is the nutritionalist? That's me, Ryan. All right. So, 
you you show up. You're a smart guy to, to know about nutrition. But if you show up and do plumbing two to three hours a day for the next year, do you think you're going to know some stuff, yes or no? Oh, of course. Absolutely. You could probably be a professional plumber and like plumb your whole damn house. <laughs> My wife would and love me more. <laughs> Yep, yep. And how would you do that? By showing up and just paying attention. So I think that the whole showing up thing, everyone's talking about savage workouts. Everyone's talking about like what you did for, I don't know, something else. It, 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 it doesn't matter. You just show up and good things will happen. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're completely right. I think showing up in, in any sense, in the workout, in nutrition – that's what can make someone successful. I have a question as a coach, um, and I know that you define coach in a very specific way, at least a successful one, but I want to talk about motivation. Uh, motivation sometimes, you might have a client that, you know, they have, there's there's nothing, they're dead, whether it's because of, you know, something going on in their life, maybe they're tired, whatever's going on. But Bobby, I'd love to know, what what would you say to someone who says, man, my motivation is shot right now. Um, how do you motivate people? I'm going to say this here, and it's something that I don't know if I would have said a year ago. Okay. I don't think motivation is a real thing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, think it's, I think it's a fake construct that people make up. I really think what it comes down to is just a simple value proposition. And I'll tell you guys how I came to that. There's a bit of background. If I tell you you're not motivated, Ryan or Joe, you guys are insulted because it sounds like I'm putting you down. If I say you don't want it bad enough, you're going to say, of course I want it. You don't know me. You don't know my goals. What it comes down to is just value proposition. And if you find value from working out, you will work out. If you don't, you won't. End of story. So how do people find value? There's intrinsic value. For me, the gym's my, my inspiration. It's my meditation time. It's when I can put on my, my Mariah Carey and my Ashanti and, and my, my Ja Rule. It's like the golden age of like, early 2000s R&B and hip-hop and some jagged edge and I can zone out and I can just forget about the world. There's a huge intrinsic value Mm. that I get from working out. You could also have extrinsic value. Well, what are the the common extrinsic uh, value propositions for people? You you get laid more. You you get a promotion at work. Um, you, you, You look better and you get compliments from people. If you value those things, you will work out. But we live in a society that doesn't value those things because having a six-pack abs is probably not a deal breaker to most women. If you work out, you're probably not going to get a bigger paycheck at work. In fact, people will make fun of you for working out so much. So there's not much of a value proposition there. But if you can teach somebody to value it, they'll, they'll do it all the time. So now let's give you a scenario. Uh, what's the standard like tax rate on, on 70 grand a year in the United States? 22%, 23% maybe? We can say that. Ish, well, we'll call it 23. I like Michael Jordan. We'll go with 23. Me too. If, 
if you were under 10% body fat as a man in this country, and you would only be taxed at a 10% rate, how many people would magically all of a sudden be fit? God, I wish that was the case. A lot. Every Obviously a mother, lot. Can I swear on the podcast? Yes, you can, sir. Welcome. Every, every motherfucker in this country would be under 10% body fat. Yeah, I mean, we're talking money mm-hmm. incentive because you value it. That's it. It's just a value proposition. So I think this idea of I want to be disciplined, I want to be motivated, I want to have a never say quit attitude. No, it's just it's just whether you value it or not. That's it. I'm yeah. I'm there with you because I, like. I when when I'm working with someone, I need them to define success for me first. If they if they can't define success, they don't know what they want. They have nothing to achieve. Mm. So what are we working towards? Uh, give me something to work with, and I'm happy to to help you out here, right? So I think there is a point where motivation, you know, can only come so externally. It has to come internally, or else, you know, where are we going with this? Uh, so great point, Bobby. Well, at the end of the day, well, here, go ahead, Bobby. What's up? Sorry. Here's, here's the other thing about, about value. I used to train this guy. I used to work in the global gym years ago and he couldn't lose weight. Couldn't stop filling his face with nuts, trails, cashews, macadamia nuts, cons, walnuts, everything you could imagine. And eventually I fired this guy's client. I just didn't want to work with him anymore. I, I was a fight professionally. Uh, I didn't need the money. I was, I was kind of doing it for fun and he was causing me stress. So I fired his ass. It's not going to work with you. Like you can't watch your diet. A couple of years later, I see him. This dude lost 50 pounds. Like, how did you do this? Like what happened? How did you, this is a guy that told me he could not stop eating nuts for months and months and months and months. What happened? How'd you lose 50 pounds? Because I stopped eating nuts. Like, how? You told me it was impossible. He goes, well, I had a baby, and they're definitely allergic to nuts. So I just stopped. Mm. Oh, shit. All right. Because you value the life of your son. Yeah. Easy. Done. In a day. All the struggle. All the hardship. He turned that shit right off. Yeah. That I think is, yeah, I think that's a sign of a good coach in a way, a coach that knows to let you go or a coach that calls you out on your bullshit. I think I heard you, Bobby, you, I think you said that a good coach is, um, is not just an echo chamber, right? A good coach is there to push you, call you on your bullshit and make sure that you're keeping you on task. Uh, do you, do you find that you are that hard nosed, hard ass kind of coach and that the people that end up. That, that most people respond to that? Um, or what, what is the best way that you think a coach can provide help to someone? You know, I, I don't think I'm a hard-ass coach. I just think I'm honest. I'm just unwilling to engage in bullshit and pumping your tires and telling, you're doing good, telling you you're doing good when you're not doing good. You know what I mean? So, and that can work both ways. There's like some people that, that will deadlift 400 pounds that they think is the greatest thing in the world. I'm like, it's not that great. It's not a good number. Sorry. Not that special. There's other people that will deadlift 250 and feel horrible about it, like it should be way more. And I'm the first person to say that's an awesome achievement because they came from a different place. You understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So 
I just I just tell people straight, and I'm not there to pump their tires. And and this happens on a friendship level for me too, where people come to me to complain about the most pedestrian things, and I just I'm not capable of empathizing. Not when it's dumb shit. Mm-hmm. Like, here's a good example. Joe, you call me up, you're crying. Salty water's rolling down your face. You sound like my three-year-old when it's bedtime. And you're, you're really worried because your business is going under. Man, I will hold your hand. I'll give you a hug. I'll, I'll wipe the snot away from your nose. Like, I get it. I'll be there for you. Because that is a tough situation. Don't you ever call my phone and complain about not having workout equipment at home. I will fucking slap you. <laughs> Deal with it. It's called no gear. Like, that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like managing expectations, keeping things in perspective yeah. of what the magnitude I'll, of these problems I'll, actually are. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Uh, <laughs> my wife's friend was texting her and, and she's all upset about not having a gym and she wants a gym and she wants to come over and work out. I'm like, tell her no. Like, I don't want to hear. Like, we're doing social isolation. Like everyone does it or nobody does it. Like fuck off. She's so worried about a workout. There's how many dollars she's been paid in her life from working out. None. No, that was good. <laughs> she's not a professional worker outer. It's not her whole life. It's not that important. Meanwhile, I got a bunch of friends who are fighting the UFC whose sponsors are going to drop them who don't know how they're going to get paid because unless you fight, you don't get paid. And they're figuring out, figuring it out at home, shadow boxing, coming up with new drills, like, and they're not leaving their house. So, like, I don't want to hear your dumbass complaints. Do some, do some squats, do some lunches. I don't know. You're also finding out, and this is like my new phrase. All of these idiots out there that, that thought they were too advanced for no gear workouts, they're finding out different in a hurry because it sucks doing burpees and split jumps and frog hops. All day. Yep, it sucks. Like, I got I got one for you guys. That's them and then you tomorrow. Prison burpees. What are, what are prison burpees? You guys burpees? ever do it? No, I'm scared. Oh. So, when you're in jail, you're in like a 10-meter cell. And in jail, I'll tell you guys, you do not want anyone to fuck with you. Jail, you don't want to be on the low pole part of the, of the jail because bad things happen. Get what I'm saying? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I feel you. You, 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 you. If you don't want bad things to happen to you, you do burpees. So on one side of your cell, you do 20 burpees. You sprint across the room and do 19. You sprint across the room and do 18. You sprint across the room and do 17. 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, all the way to one. It's essentially 210 burpees for time with a bunch of sprints. I don't want to do that. The goal <laughs> that sounds is terrible. to do it. The goal is to do it unbroken in under 16 minutes. And I can promise you, this comes under good authority that if you can do this under 16 minutes, nobody will fuck with you when you're in jail. So all these people that need their little bench press, need their little cardiovascular machine, go get yourself some prison burpees and you DM me, slide into the DMs and tell me what's up. This is what's You'll up. You'll quickly find out that, 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 that you, 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 
this is why you want beer because you're lazy. You know what I mean? Obviously, I'm going to have to try this. I'm glad to have it's the information. Terrible. I don't want to ever have to use it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> no, I never no, have to. Yeah, this is one like, great way where training makes you better. Yeah, it'll be one of the hardest things you've ever done in your life. But it's it's essentially 210 burpees for time. What was your what, what was your time, Bobby? When did you last do this? Oh shit! The last time I did this was 2000. And when did I live in that apartment? Ah, man, it might have been 2010 or 2011, so and it's 1558. So 15, whoa, okay. So we're due for a refresher. So if I do this, Bobby, I think we got to do this together. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's the deal, though. All times, and this is where times on circuits can be misleading. So I do this workout called Death by Push-Ups. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Death by Format, but in the first minute, you do one rep, and then hang out. In the second minute, you do two. In the third minute, you do three. In the fourth minute, you do four. And this stops when you can't do, like, 20 reps in 20 minutes, or whatever it is. Okay? So, the reason this gets so hard is because when you're on minute 25, you got to do 25 reps. And then in minute 26, you got to do 26. And then in minute 27, you got to do 27, like, Reps start stacking up. So take the push-up, for example. The best I ever did at death by push-ups was 26. It was when I was in the UFC. It was when I was at the height of my earthly powers. Most fit I've ever been in my life. I put this up as a challenge, and these guys are getting like 32, 36, 37. And I felt horrible and out of shape. And then I thought, this is impossible to get more than 30. The reason being is because I used to do two-second push-ups all the way down to the chest pause, all the way up in top. And I'm not talking elbows extended. I'm talking scapular retraction extended. So when you hit 25, it literally takes 50 seconds to get 25 push-ups. And then you got to do 26, which is 52 seconds. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so depending how you do your prison burpees, I mean, I don't know, maybe I could do it in 12, but my burpees would probably be a little suspect. Like, are we talking real burpees? Are we talking sprawls? Dude, are we I, talking like... I feel you on this. Bodybuilder style burpees. Like it, how, just, it just depends, you know? How many bad push-ups are we seeing on Instagram right now with these push-up <laughs> challenges as a great example? Like, like I, I did 100 push-ups. Tons. It's like you did like 10. You did 10 properly, <laughs> yeah. maybe. And then you did 90 pulses or whatever then, they were. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, my standard is probably different than most. It's like, like I said, chest to the ground and then scapular retraction. Which That's is, I mean, look, we're, we're talking not, quality right now, right? So, which, yeah. which is really a question that I would have for you just with training in general. I mean, what's, you talk a lot about, and I know your 130 hour rule, which I think is a great way to share with people how you can see true results for someone who maybe hasn't been in the gym before and wants to see results. But talk about quality in your training. Cause like there are so many people that maybe I've coached or just seen come in the gym that they are always like, dude, how do I get better? I am coming in here. Maybe they're putting in the time. Like they've been here for eight months, maybe a year. And they're like, I'm regressing or I'm not getting better at certain movements that we do repeatedly. And I'm always preaching quality of rep, right? Like what's, what's your, what's your kind of 
thoughts on that? Oh man, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, and, and my thoughts on that have changed recently as well. So I'm talking about push-ups, chest to ground, scapular retraction, tight plank, no sagging. I always say that your weenie can't touch the ground because I hate when people say that it's like chest to ground, but the hips touch first. Yep. You know what I mean? Oh, but, yeah. but it's just, okay, so, so that, that's my form for push-ups. Um, who cares? Because if my goal is to have a big chest, you know what works just as well as that? In fact, even better, partials. Interesting. So I was doing this bench press thing. I can bench press 225 for 42 reps. It's just so you guys know that's a lot. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, My eyes are wide. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But here's the deal. I always stop a half inch from my chest, and I don't go quite to full like scapular retraction walkout. I essentially lock out my elbows. Okay. And some douchebag on the internet was like, you didn't put your chest for some of those jobs. Fuck off. Do you know how hard it is to pause a half inch from your chest and then like keep the acidity built up by not going to full lockout? 42 is hard. Like it is crushingly hard. But my goal is to get bigger. I'm trying to put on weight. I want to flood my muscles with maximal acidity. So sometimes I do partials. It's the old, you guys ever done 21? Oh, yeah. Old school bodybuilding, and it makes you big. Same thing with squats. When you stand up in a squat, lock your hips, what happens? All the acidity dissipates, and you get a rest. So sometimes I do partial squats. It's just because my goal is to get big so when you talk quality of movement you also I think have to have the end goal in mind mm. you know who did lots of partials back in the day a guy named Arnold Schwarzenegger go look him up google like Arnold 1975 and then and then you tell me that, that partials don't work so it really depends on your goals when you yeah. talk quality of movement now if you're going to measure like so 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 you guys can do prison work before me. If you're going to use it as a measuring stick, the only thing you have to make sure of is the next time you do it, you do it the exact same. Because otherwise you can't gauge an increase or decrease in fitness. So you'll see things like that's why in, in the CrossFit games, the kettlebell sling, it goes above your head with pot because it's the only way you can have a rep. Oh, gotcha. Right? So, so if you're going to test, do a max push-up test, you can't change the form to cheat the test. Yeah, I'm, but if you're doing it for if you're doing it for exercise, who cares? You know. So are we talking about the difference between just exercise, like the recreational person, versus someone well, training for a specific type of performance? Measure? No, because because no, because even training. I'll, I'll, I've been telling the story a lot. Do you guys know who Eddie Hall is? I don't. Okay, Eddie Hall's the world's strongest man. Um, he's won the Arnold. He's won the world's strongest man. He's the only human in the history of the planet to deadlift 500 kilos. Okay, Eddie. So, yeah, okay, Eddie. There's 1,200 pounds oh, for my daughter. Hall. I know Eddie Hall. Yeah, yeah, the beast. He's yeah. a very powerful, he's a very powerful wizard. He's like Gandalf level of, of weight wizardry. Anyway, 
I go to train with him and I'm ready to ask him all his training secrets. And do you follow the conjugate? Do you do linear periodization? Do you know who Tudor Bonfer is? Like, what do you do for the deadlift? He goes, I put weight on and do six reps. And then what? I put more weight on and do six. Then what? I put more weight on and do six. Well, when do you stop when I can't do six anymore? Okay. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you do for shoulder press? Like, what do you do? Because you have really strong shoulder press. Goes, well, first of all, I take 100 kilo dead, uh, dumbbells and I do 40 reps just to get the blood flowing. And I'm like, can tell. That's insane. Okay. And then he goes, and then I do six reps. And then I put more weight and I do six reps. Six is all right. So it's like, here's me with my little, my little, my little certification and then in my kinesiology courses and all that shit. I'm like, well, you can't train like that. Dude, it's fucking working for him. So, so my whole thing between training and exercise is like, you can think someone's training that backwards, but if they went in Olympic gold from it, what are you really going to say? Fair enough. You know what I mean? Uh, fair enough. Here's, here's, this is going to make you sick as a nutritionist. You know who Charles Owens is? Yeah, of course. Charles Owens lives off McDonald's and sleeves of Oreo cookies. And he's like 48 years old and can still run a 4-4. You know what? Keep eating your Oreos, man. Keep eating your McDonald's. Working for you. I'm. A, I'm gonna leave you alone for a second. <laughs> yeah, there are. We we definitely know of some people who do not we eat too. well at all. <laughs> but they, you know, and there there is some truth in the fact that you can train. Uh, you can out train a bad diet, right? There's you don't you don't have to eat perfectly, and I think that you know some of you guys kind of come back to kind of the simple things about it. Um, I wouldn't advocate for that because training and performance do not like. Being good at something on the turf here or on the court or the field does not mean that you're healthy completely. But well, it does not mean that someone who's performing better is better. Yeah, you guys are you guys rugby fans? Are we what fans? Dabble sometimes. Rugby? Oh yeah, yeah. I've, or I've hockey? seen a few matches. What about hockey? It's a Canadian sport. There's ice. You guys do that in the United States. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna say yes to respect you. Yes. I am <laughs> okay, a Blackhawks fan a little bit, yeah. Do you, do you want to ruin a hockey player? Do you want to ruin a rugby player? Take booze away. They can't play anymore. Oh, like there's dude, something cool, about cool. it that's like, that's like social. It's like you drink with the team. You, you do the thing and you take that away from people and you take away their release and they can't perform anymore. So like, well, what are you going to do? Don't take their thing away. Let them have it. And, and yeah, it might not be the right thing to do, but my point is if that's working for that person, why are you going to take it away from them? Nothing's broken, right? You know, I had a guy who was a world champion kickboxer. He was called one world a bunch of years. This guy does a 10 by 10 back squat before every fight. Like German volume training. And I'm like, that's wrong. You can't do that. He stopped doing it. He stopped winning. Started doing it again. He started winning it again. He's like, I just feel more confident if I do it before a fight. Yep. It's in every way the absolute mm. wrong thing to do, but you keep doing it. Or or the people that are like yelling at Michael Phelps because he's lucky charged. I mean, listen, that guy can eat whatever he wants. It's working for him. He's got 27, 38, 59, 120 gold medals or whatever he has. 
you just you just eat your lucky charms, Mike, and and smoke your weed and 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 eat Subway and, and, and drink your soda and just keep winning the Olympics. You're good. I mean, so I can't, I can't, my, yeah. to, to relate that to your question, is it getting you to your goal? If your goal is to be the most ripped guy in the universe and partial push-ups are getting you there, who am I to tell you that you can't do partial push-ups? For sure. That's, you know, I see this in nutrition all the time when people ask, what is the perfect diet? And obviously the answer is there's no perfect diet. But when someone's coming to me for maybe like, you know, looking to lose body fat or just weight loss um, and someone expects me to say that they're doing it wrong or someone else is doing it wrong or someone's doing the most f- crazy fad diet ever, call it corner, uh, carnivore or call it keto or, you know, what whatever they want to call it, but they're losing weight on it. I think that's something where, like, I can't tell you that it's not working for you because it is working for you. Is there a point where maybe it has to change? Yeah, I think so. But it's where you now need to understand that this is working right now. Nothing's broken. Let's keep going. And when you feel like you need to change it or something's not working anymore, let's fix it at that point. But I hear you, Bobby. That makes so much sense. And it's just like, are you accomplishing your goal? And that's it. And if you are, then... I'm going to leave you alone. I'm not judgmental about it anymore. Just why would I be when someone's achieving their goal? As much as I don't want to believe in it, you know, like everything in me says being vegan is, is wrong. And everything in me says being carnivore is wrong. So when you go carnivore for two months and your blood work comes back perfect and it reverses like your, your, whatever you had, your chronic inflammation or your joint pain or your heart disease, I, just keep eating your meat then. I'm good. Yeah, you know, that, I just, I've just learned with age to stay in my lane a little bit. You yeah. know, like, if it's working for you, I'm not going to criticize. That happens a lot with me and especially other dietitians where, like, we're taught it needs to be peer-reviewed research and if we haven't seen that it actually, like, was was proven to work over there that we shouldn't recommend it. But I got to tell you, there are things that I've seen people do, um, say, you know, more or less protein or more or less fat or more or less carbohydrate or not even caring about cal. Like I've seen it work and it's not within any peer reviewed research. And it's like a, okay, how about we just look at the person and see how it can be so personalized to them instead of trying to fit someone into these little pockets that, you know, that everyone, we think everyone should. So, it sounds like what you're talking about is you got to listen to the person. You have to personalize everything, whether it's training or nutrition or anything in someone's lifestyle. Is that, is that really what you're saying there, Bobby? Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I'll give an example about Pilates. I, I'm going to offend some people. I, I used to think Pilates was useless. It's dumb. Cause you're going to be on a little machine stretch a little bit. Like that can't work. So I had this woman, her name's Shannon, come into my gym, 59 years old. She does Pilates. I watched her flank herself with one arm from a pole, hold a plank for longer than I've ever seen anyone do a plank, deadlift double body weight on her first day. And I was like, where can I sign up for your Pilates classes? I'm in. Yo, Hook respect. Me up. Like, when it, she never lifted her with a barbell. She deadlifted 225. And I'm like, oh, uh, Pilates, huh? Teach me the secret. So it, that was like a pivotal moment for me yeah. in my evolution of training because I, I just felt like if this is working for you, I'm not making fun of it. Seriously. That's it. Yeah. Like it, it's the same thing. Like I, I mean, if, if 
if I don't know that that machine that Chuck Norris sells, I want it because it's Chuck Norris. That's it. You know, the, what's it called? The Total Gym or whatever it is. Yeah, I think it was the Total um, Gym. I haven't heard a Chuck Norris yeah, reference yeah. in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can you can make fun of that stuff, but like if Chuck's doing it, it's like, well, yeah, I want it. What, you, what, you, what else are you going to do? Like a, a person like Hero, my Hulk Hogan, are you going to tell him that what he's doing is wrong? No, I'll, you keep doing what you do. Because he's a thick, strong man. And yeah, there's genetics. And yeah, I suppose a person could, could do it better, but to bring it back to the mind, maybe there's a psychological benefit to the person doing it that way. So leave them alone. You know what I mean? Like uh, Justin Verlander, if you're a baseball fan, eats the same meal at Taco Bell before every start. You, you leave Justin Verlander, you leave him alone. You let him use Taco Bell. Whatever Taco Bell does to that man. And you can you can come up with pie charts and graphs and, and charts and, and, and computer algorithms about how Taco Bell cannot make you a better pitcher. You just let Justin Verlander, four-time Cy Young award-winning Hall of Fame pitcher, you let him eat his Taco Bell and you leave him alone. Yeah, I guess you do you. I haven't really thought of it this way. Just the power, obviously psychology plays such a huge role, but just dialing it down to you got to know yourself and what really kind of makes you fall into a groove for yourself and just perform well, right? We all, we got to find our own rituals, I suppose. Yeah, it's just what works for you, you know? There's a humbling so, element. That's it. There's a humbling element too, don't you think? I mean, like even where you're at in your career, I mean, you've experienced so much. You've got such a diverse background and to know that you're, I mean, this is about constantly learning and being open to new things. I mean, you're this, you're this strong dude, this strong weightlifter. And now you're talking about like, damn, Pilates might be the truth right now. <laughs> like I might well, have to dude, this out. Yeah, because how am I going to argue with the results? Like at a certain degree, you you can you can disagree with everything I do, but if it's got a good result, 100%. man, I don't know if I want to. Even if I don't understand it, and what the thing here is, it all goes back to the brain. It is a hundred percent mental. And if you've got that, if, if, so if there's something about your your Sour Patch Kids, your Coca Cola, your your Doritos, your yeah. that are making you feel good and lift heavy. You just, you you just keep doing it because I think that the psychological benefit can sometimes outweigh the negative detriment of eating bad food, and I think it's that way with working out too. Sometimes you just, you know, what I think in in the workout industry that people miss out on mm. the bro science, like bro days of just rolling into the global gym for a year and just having to figure stuff out on your own. People now, they start, and they've never done that, and they need a perfect program, and they need a thing, and they need a, and they never just, like, did some work, you know? Yeah, I think that's a lot of the instant gratification we see people wanting these days. They look at someone online, a, a social media influencer, and they say, you know, well, that guy must have done it in 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 a week, right? I want it in a week. And they think, I'm going to do what you do. Um, and I think it really just talks to how 
you need to keep personalizing training. You need to keep personalizing nutrition. You have yes. to listen to the person. And everybody just wants that quick fix. And it's not sexy to say it's going to take time. It's not sexy to say, hey, you know what? You're going to hate part of this. It's not sexy to say you have to change something, maybe not about you, but at least about your your schedule. Who knows, right? It's going to hard. It's going to fucking suck, right? When I, Sometimes when I end up working with people, I'm sure, Bobby, you say something like this too, you're going to hate me. You're going to hate me at some point. Point, you're going to hate the process. You're going to want to give up. You're going to, but that's what makes you even stronger. And that gives you a better result and a better outcome, better athlete, a better father, a better, you know, worker all around. Um, and so I hear you. I think, you know, I don't want to sound old school here and be like, I think people are soft now, but people are soft now. Um, who, I, 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 I don't know why, but yeah, it's happening. And it's so hard to break people from that. Yeah, but it's 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 also people you really think there's some magic solution and sometimes you just gotta do work. Figure it out. It's kinda like letting your kid figure something out. Mm-hmm. And so so if I was gonna give you any advice as a as, as a parent, when my kid was five and he wanted to help with a job, even if it would take twice as long, even if he was gonna fuck everything up, I would let him. Mm-hmm. The only way he's gonna learn. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. just as long as he can't hurt himself, we're good. I think experience so, is so important. You just, you need to have that, yep. right? The relationship to and failure. That's the same thing. If your coach is always writing stuff for you and you've never had to write a workout program or something, you're useless when you're on your own. So just figure it out. It's honestly, and if you've I, I, had yeah. to figure it out, you know, but that's it. You know? So and I, and mm-hmm. by the way, by the way, you know, we're talking about how smart my son is. Yeah, I remember. The, the math dude. So, okay, you're you're you get you're some thirty year old. You're listening at home. You're you're, you're trying to figure out how to write a workout program. I'm going to read you a paragraph from my son's independent site study here. He's eleven years old. The experimenter, having spent many hours researching energy, began to realize that magnetic flux cutting through copper windings and resulting in electrons flowing in the insulated copper is nothing more than subtle science. However, it's supported by zero proof. Believing electricity to be a field, not a particle, he's constructed a simple generator using 24 neodymium magnets rotated by an electric motor inside a series of copper coils. During this test, calibrated multi- and gauss meters monitor voltages and field conditions during the experiment. He told me this. I said, you need to spend more time outside, number one. <laughs> and then, if I was to show you guys a picture of this generator thing, I said, what is this? He goes, it's a generator. I go, you, you built this? Yep. We use what money? Well, that's the money I get from allowance. I, I ordered one. You, you, you're not spending money anymore. And, and number three, <laughs> when Homeland Security comes to take this thing away, I am not having your back. I'm going to let you take them away. He's like, Dad, just think of power out of my house. I don't care. I don't want Homeland Security to get this thing out of my house. <laughs> That's an 11-year-old. He's 11. I don't know what a neodymium magnet in, in a copper field thing of the Gauss meter is. <laughs> so you mean to tell me an 11-year-old is like building a fucking Tesla motor in his basement in his spare time, and, and you're, you're some 30-year-old that, that works for Goldman Sachs or... or is a doctor or a lawyer and you can't figure out how to write a damn workout program? I don't know. Please. It's not that you don't want to, you don't value it, you know? 
Bobby, can can I ask you this? You you are you're very much an advocate of hard work. Your son is you know, gifted, but I think he also works very hard. You worked extremely hard to get where you are and the results that you've seen. When do you celebrate success? Okay, so so let me back up. He ain't gifted. Remember, I told you that, that he had to spend more time outside. Sure. He, he reads weird shit on the internet all the time. Mm-hmm. He reads books. He he lectured me because he told me he was basing his findings off Tesla, and I said, "Like the car?" And he goes, "No, Dad, Nikolai Tesla, the scientist." And there's a group of other people. He's not sorry. He just read. He did the fucking work. That's it. So okay. My whole thing with hard work is there's nobody that's born gifted. You just work at it. Like, if, if my son grows up, by the way, he's a really good fighter too. Is he a good fighter because he was born with a gift? Or because he's been raised around fighting his whole life? Because he shows up at Taekwondo and he works his ass off every day. Because he mimics my movements. In the, in, in the backyard. Like when I'm shadow boxing, he mimics them. I don't know. I don't know whether it's a nature or nurture thing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess it's more nurture because he's, he's been exposed to it. So hard work is the single determinant of, 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 of all success. When do you celebrate your success? Every damn time you succeed. Be proud of yourself. We live in a world today where there's something wrong if I'm proud of myself. Fuck that. I'm, I'm allowed to be proud. You know, um, I, I put a picture of myself up on the internet with my shirt off and the haters come out of the woodwork. You shouldn't take your shirt off. You're vain. You can write on vain. I worked out twice a day for 26 straight years to get this. I'm, I'm never wearing a shirt again. You know, so I think, I think more people should be proud. You know, yeah, uh, I think that's, tell uh, me a little bit. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your gym. Is it your gym? Do you own it? No, no. Alonzo Wilson is our founder here. Um, I'm one of the head coaches, but we're, we're an athletic performance studio. It's like, it was actually, uh, it's not something that we say, but it, it was called the hardest workout in um, America by class pass of, okay. of, a month ago. Okay. But you're, you're one of the head coaches and did they yeah. just hire you from like the fry line at McDonald's because they felt sorry for you or did you have to earn that in some way? It was very much earned. Dude, so put that on a t-shirt. Put it on your business card. Pat yourself on the back. Be proud of it. There's no reason you should be like overly humble about it. You earned that. Enjoy it. Relish it. Be happy with it. You you did that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I think I wish more people, rather than be negative, celebrate their successes and be happy with them. No matter how big or small they are. I feel I feel that man. I feel like it's probably going to make you work harder because you are enjoying and celebrating those successes. So you're going to want to work hard to get to the next the next one. Oh yeah! If we become friends, like if we have a relationship, I will call you for the most ridiculous shit. I will call you if I get like a PR uh, stacking plate from a plate stacker. Yeah, like <laughs> I, dude, I got a PR today. I'm excited. Well, excited I am that it's 41 years old with the mileage I have on my body that I'm still hitting PR, I am going to celebrate that. I'm going to call you if I like get PR in like a, like a video game or Dorito eating tonight. <laughs> Dude, like hilarious. it's exciting. To, like I just enthralled with life and being happy. It's honestly a good point. Like when I think more about it, like we will call each other up when something bad happens. 
And then someone will relate to you and be like, oh man, like I'm like, it's almost like we accept that a little bit more versus if I have good news or have done something, it's almost like the other person sometimes doesn't want to receive you doing well mm-hmm. because maybe they're like, so, ah, I'm not doing something great right now. So I don't want to recognize what's going on over there. Everybody focuses on the negative outcome first, right? When you, when you are training someone or when I'm talking nutrition, I'm asking, Hey, how are you? How is your week? Always. The first thing is going to be something that they're challenged with, which is a good thing to talk about, Mm. but it's usually negative. Mm -hmm. And you always, we always have to spin it. No, no. Let's focus on a positive outcome. Let's make sure that you realize what you've been able to do. And that usually is like, oh, someone's like, holy shit, I I guess I did a pretty good job. And when you can lift people up like that more, they they do become stronger. Mm -hmm. Would would, would you agree? Yeah, I think so. I hear you. Yeah, well, for sure. But but also like, it's funny. I did a med. I don't know if you guys saw it. You said you did men's health live today. I got to check it out. Yeah, yeah. No, I did. So it's on the thing. I did a little workout. I was in my fresh 10,000 gear, my Lalo shoes, my head freshly shaved. I look good. Oh, I yeah, look like, yeah, sounds <laughs> it. Okay, so, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this for a couple reasons. Number one, coincidentally, they're going to give you a freebie. You know what the first workout publication I ever bought was? Tell us. Men's health. I was 15 or 16. I knew nothing. I got pinned under a 45-pound bar, and I needed help. So I went to the Martin's Convenience, this small town of 1,800 people, and uh, I, I, I bought a men's health, and, and I started reading it, and I learned how to do some exercises from little stickman drawings that they had in the thing. <laughs> and they, 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 they incorporated a little workout chart I pulled out, and I learned to do chest on Monday and back on Tuesday and legs on Wednesday and, and I had my whole little program. It changed my life. First of all, do you know how exciting it was to be on Men's Health Live for me? Like, just, I can complain about it. Well, no, I didn't pay for this or it was short notice or I wish it was at 11 instead of 10 and I didn't have enough viewers and there's a million things you could complain about. Do you know how exciting it was for that little 15-year-old kid still lives inside me to just be on men's health. Yeah. yeah oh, my God. Is. Like, I fucking made it, man. Holy shit. Like, I'm on men's... Like, this is a book that, like, I used to buy. Like, we forget that childlike excitement. Yeah. Like, my little... You're, you're Ryan, you're a three-year-old. When they see, like... I don't know. They're watching like a like a Super Mario cartoon, and then they see a Super Mario figure, mm-hmm. and their eyes just like light up. You know, yeah. um, like we built Legos the other day. He's into Lego Ninjago. He's just like this is the greatest thing. Why have we lost that as adults? So, hey, I was psyched to be on mental. So, for twenty minutes, I call up my boy Byron. Byron, if you're listening, hello, and. uh, I call him, I go, dude, this is so important. He's like, what's wrong? Somebody gets sick. Like, again, expecting the bad. Like, you you got to go on men's health and you got to be my hype man. You got to pump people's tires. What are you talking about? Like, tell, just put comments, tell them I'm the greatest. Tell them that Michael Jordan is the Bob and Maximus of working out. Like, stuff like that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, why are you calling my phone? And he hung up on me, but the, the whole point was about, you're... You're, you're right, like, he thinks I'm calling because something's wrong. I'm just psyched that I'm going to be on men's health. Mm-hmm. And I want, like, a pat on the back. So I, I, I think that I think that we should celebrate the successes every day and be happy. Mm-hmm. You know you know how cool it is for me 
to, and, and we forget this because I get this. Do you know how cool it is when some of my childhood heroes comment on my Instagram? Oh, it's going to feel good. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys are into to music, but like Donnell Jones follows me. Oxy Brown follows me. John B. follows me. Avant follows me. Kelly Price, for a dude that's into R&B, do you know how cool that is? That's got to feel good. Or like, or like when Ashanti, like one of your pictures, or like, like oh my God, like, oh, it's just, I don't ever want to lose that and forget it. So you're damn right. I screenshot that shit. I send it to my friends because <laughs> I'll tell you what I was doing in, in, in 1998. I was in a club listening to John B. I was, I was like wishing that I could go on a date with Ashanti. I was like, listening to Jagged Edge and when one of those people responds to you, oh my God, that's pretty cool. So I, I wouldn't want people to lose sight of that. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, even like, you know how cool it was for me to meet Hulk Hogan? Holy shit. <laughs> you know? Or or uh, Bobby Lashley is a friend of mine. Uh, I don't know if you know who that is. He's a WWE. Do you know how excited I was two months ago? I got to go backstage and sit in the front row at a WWE event. I can't even begin to describe to you guys what a mess I was of emotion inside of just like, this is everything my, my five-year-old self has ever, the first person I call is my little brother. Um, and we don't talk as much as we should and we're probably not as tight as, as we should, but he gets it. He, he's never been to like a front row WWE. He's never been backstage. He's never got to shake hands with with Bobby Lashley or Seth Rollins or Triple H or John Laurinaitis or Vince McMahon. Holy shit. I was on another planet. That's got to be exciting. Pretty cool. It's like a For f- kid that never got to do that. It's like a You f- know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Like, why, why did we lose that as adults? I was dancing, I was singing, I was like, I was like emotionally, I was tired the next day from all the fun. Yeah, Bobby, I think it's like a full circle moment, man. Like, I I feel you on this big time because I think you, especially, I, I, I see you as a guy that uh, has probably known what he's wanted to do maybe for a while or had a vision. And you, there's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of hard work that goes on throughout the all the years. And it's like, throughout the years, you may know the place that you're trying to get to or the mission that you're on. And not a lot of people understand your entire journey, right? Like they might hear some of your story, but they don't know all the sacrifices and like the work that you put in the blood, sweat, the tears, the hard times. And when you get to a place where you're like celebrating these kind of full circle moments, like I get that. I feel like it is emotional. Like I've had experiences like that where I'm like, you know, uh, like I quit my job a long time ago and now I'm in a place that I only dreamt of years ago. And it's like, you almost look back at your younger self and you're like, dude, like you almost, you almost want to like say like to your younger self, like, it's going to be all right, man. Like I'm proud of you. I'm glad you made those sacrifices. Like good work today, man. Like this is amazing. Yeah. And let that younger self shine through. When did like just have that wide eyed, like thing is like a kid, you know? Because as an adult, you almost become too cool to be happy. And I think that's really sad. Dude, it is sad. Like, I feel like the Maybe best part sad, yeah. is, like, playing. 
like when I, my best work, like the, when, when things seem to go well, even professionally in my life, it's like when I'm not being serious, when I'm just having a good time, when I'm literally playing and, and being light about it. I feel like when I'm serious and in sure. adult mode, shit gets tight. Like you feel constrained. Oh. I'll, I'll tell you another pivotal experience. I've had a few of them. Uh, I'm at a track with, with Brian Keel, uh, Stu Bradley, Kevin Curtis. They're all NFL guys. Um, Stu was all pro. Kevin had a couple of thousand yards receiving years. Uh, he once scored four touchdowns and a half. Uh, and, and have like 226 yards. These are good players. And I remember driving there and being annoyed that these guys wanted to meet at the track at 10 o'clock. Just, it didn't work for me. It didn't, it, this, whatever. And then I got there and I stopped for a second and I was like, holy shit, I'm fucking working out for three NFL dudes at fucking track. You're right. Like, <laughs> 16 like year old me when oh my God, this would have been the greatest thing of all <laughs> right. time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or or another one would be, um, I'm, I'm pretty good friends with D-Will. Darren Williams and Ronnie Price who played in the, in the NBA for years. You know how cool it is when those guys come over and hoop it up in my fucking driveway? Holy shit. Like, to think that I'm annoyed that like, you understand what I'm saying? Dude, and I so, get it totally. You gotta yeah. stop you gotta, and appreciate it. We don't. You gotta put yourself back to that position and be like, whoa, man, this is pretty, this is pretty cool. I'm actually looking at a picture right now. Um, I was lucky enough to train a guy named Mike Weir. And Mike Weir won the Masters in golf. Uh, he's probably the greatest Canadian golfer of all time. And not probably, he is absolutely, it's not even like a bias. Mike's a really good dude. And, and the reason I say that he gave me a, a flag from the President's Cup 2007 signed by the whole President's Club roster. It's a pretty cool piece of golfing memorabilia. I don't even like golf. <laughs> but you got to appreciate that. So, so check, check this out. This is where I'm going with this. My dad. My dad died when I was 20 years old. He loved golf. Do you know how cool he would think that is? Like, if he were to show up at my front door right now, which is impossible, like, he would be just enthralled with this. This would be like, you know, Mike Weir, tell me about it. Like, you got the, you got golf. Like, he would think it was the coolest thing in the world. And to me, it's like a strange thing that's just sitting on my wall. Does that make sense? So sure. I, I, I try to have this sense of like, I'm actually sitting right now in my family room in my basement. And I got that, and I got a signed game ball from the whole team, Dallas Cowboys. I got a Tony Romo signed helmet. I got a Dallas Cowboys signed team helmet from everyone on the team. I got a Tony Romo jersey that's framed, Steve Bradley jersey that's framed. Nate Orchard, he uh, was college football player of the year, um, defense player of the year. I got that framed. Um, you know how cool that shit is? Like, and to me, it, it's kind of like stuff. I, I just kind of look at because it it's there. But like, I should really, if I talk about this, every time I walk by this stuff, I should stop and look at it because it's pretty cool. You know what I mean? So, um, Do you ever stop to think that you've, that you've made it, Bobby? Do you ever think that you're like, oh man, like is there, yeah. is there, is there, ever, is there ever that peak? Are you ever like, you know, getting to the no. top? What's up with that? I mean, I don't, 
I don't know how to answer that. My, my wife actually said to me, she's like, well, if you're not hungry, you don't want it anymore. I don't think that's true. Yeah, either, either do I, Bobby. I think, I, think, I think that we all have to understand what enough is. I think that a lot of us don't, and it doesn't give us the opportunity to reflect on the things that we do love, like our family, or you know, to give, mm-hmm. give ourselves time to play. Um, that's actually my biggest fear in life. My biggest fear in life is never feeling like I have enough, and I always have to do more. I agree. Yeah, you do have to stay hungry. But at the same time, I think that you do have to understand, okay, this is enough, at least for now. I can, I can go further, but this is enough, and I know that I have to kind of, you know, either spread the love or spend time myself. Yeah, the, the other thing, too, is, is like when you talk about have I made it, I don't think I'll ever feel like that because the same coolness of looking at this president's cup flag, the same coolness of looking at my only Rome with Jersey, the same coolness is like for me and maybe I'm different. Maybe I'm wired funny. I don't know. It's the same feeling I got yesterday when I I had to build this Lego Ninjago car. Fucking hell, man. I don't know if you know some of these Legos, you need like a drafting degree to put this shit together. <laughs> so like it, it was kinda cool to build this thing and like see it and see my son's face and how excited he was. We took a pile of nothing and turned it into this this killing machine of ninjutsu death. And it was awesome. Wow. Same feeling of like finishing a video game. I get that pump from all those things. Mm. You know? So, maybe I'm pretty simple, but like, back to the COVID thing. I'm fucking psyched on the side. There's lots of fun shit to do here. I'm finishing video games. I'm doing podcasts. I'm connecting with people who I love and admire. Um, I, 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 I learned all the names of the Skylanders today. I've been trying to do that for a while. Fuck, <laughs> um, man, life's pretty good. Now, I'm working my ass off, but like, it's not that bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and, and I'll give you one example because we're bullshit. This is a long one. I like it though. Um, how old are you guys? I'm 34, 37. Oh, 37 year old. Don't do that, Bob. You'll, uh, <laughs> you'll, 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 you'll get this. You'll get this. I didn't grow up rich. And, and my parents saved up all year to buy me an 8-bit Nintendo. You remember those things? You used to have to blow up the cartridge. Oh, sure. I remember, I remember we got an Atari uh, for, one, for one holiday. I remember that was, that was an amazing thing. You, you remember the first time you played Super Mario Brothers 3. That was the greatest thing in the history of anything. <laughs> and so last night, I, I I sat down with my Nintendo Switch and I played some classic Super Mario Brothers 3. I like that. Just like, you know, that little eight-year-old boy would have killed, killed to play Super Mario Brothers 3 at like 10.30 at night. With the lights off, pizza, Right. You know what I mean? Dude, so, I feel that. Yeah. It's it's just like, it's pretty fucking cool. I'm a Nintendo Switch. So I, I think my point is, is like I don't think I ever feel like I made it to, I find just joy in all these things. And by the way, if you took all this shit away, I'd still find like happiness and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like I love shooting my little three-year-old in the head and nope. Bullet. That's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he's loving it. 
yeah, we they have a little nerf fights, you know, it's, it's fun time. <laughs> so just, I mean, my message would be just enjoy your life more. Yeah. It's stop complaining. I mean, but that, I mean, what a tie back. Cause this is that time to probably get recentered again, because you have this quality time, you know, if you have a family and you're around them right now to remember how beautiful, like this is what it's about. Like, cause that's how I evaluate even my life is more like if everything was stripped away, right? Like the accolades, the titles, you know, your like everything from the exterior, like how people view you versus the things that I think are just a little bit more, you know, real and, and bring you fulfillment to the relationship you have with your mom and your kids and your wife. And like, that's the stuff that's lasting, you know, to me, that's the stuff that really matters. And it's like, we lose touch with that so much. Like I feel yep. we chase so many things when you're like, dude, it is right. It is here already. Like it is in front of you right now. I love the mindset, man. Yeah, it's, it's important. And I think if you have that, it's easy to be successful. And if you don't, you can be miserable. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we've had many, we've had many um, talks on here. We, we, we've talked about people even chasing aesthetics, you know, in the gym, uh, thinking that it's going to bring them happiness and stuff like that. And it's like, you're missing the point entirely, you know, that this is... Yep. Um, it can be great. It can make you better at life, which I know you believe, right? Training can just feed in so many aspects of your life, but it's not, you know, some silver bullet. Like you're going to get there and be problem solved. Yep. Correct, sir. Um, Bobby, I got one really, well, really two questions left for you, man. Um, one, when you come to New York, I would love, would you, this is your official invitation. Would you join us for a workout at Tone House? Yeah, absolutely. Good deal. Yes. Amazing, dude. That would be got, awesome. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to put it on you. Um, I have so much going on, and this happens to me all the time, that like I plan a trip to New York. I put it on my Instagram. I, I put it on my Facebook, and I show up in New York, and then two weeks later, you call me. Hey, dude, why didn't you call us? Fuck, dude. I... I was, I was trying to book a hotel and a flight, and, and I just wanted to go to the Shake Shack, and, and I forgot. <laughs> Shake Shack. Don't worry you about that, Bobby. I got you, man. I'll stay on top of it, so, dude. So, so, no, 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 but here's the deal. You see me coming to New York. I want you to shoot me a text, shoot me a DM, and, and we'll make that happen. Done. Nice. Done. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Because stuff just falls through. Like, I don't have a file for Chicago, for example, like when I go to Chicago, I gotta go see this person, this person, this person. Like I just, it's so overwhelming for a simple kid like me. So if you just, you see me like, hey, I have bodies coming to New York. You shoot me a message, we will make that happen. I, I can promise you. Awesome, dude. I will look forward to that day. If you um, don't, if you don't shoot me that message and take that initiative, don't you fucking call me and shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do it. Don't make me feel bad. <laughs> All right. What the fuck, okay. man? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but this is this is what people do. Like. If, if I saw if I saw Joe, you, you and Ryan were coming to Salt Lake, I would send you a message like, hey, you guys have time to stop by. If I don't do that, I'm not assuming that you guys are thinking about me. You know what I mean? Like, you could have a million other things to do. So just shoot me a DM and we'll make that happen. Done and done. That, that was an easy one. Done and done. My my last question for you is, is, what is the impact that you really want to leave and make on the fitness industry as a whole? That's such a big question. I know. Uh, 
So depending on the day, uh, today it's it's I I want to make the world a better place to exercise and help everyone live a better life. Which show them that through working out, you can achieve your dreams. Tomorrow, I don't I don't give a shit. I'm just a guy working out, uh, hanging with my family. Um, doing what I love for a living and, and you guys decide what, what my legacy will be so to speak I, I'm just doing my thing so it depends on the day Respect. and it's very yeah. between you know what I mean because because sometimes it's like I have this big mission and I want to change the world through exercise and help people and other days I'm just like that like in some way I'm getting paid to, to do something that was a hobby at one point that's pretty cool mm-hmm. It'll change day to day. Those are my two answers. I think you, I think you answered those questions really well. Very you well, really, really good job. Thank you. So, but, well, Bobby, it. that's uh, yeah, that's that's it, man. I, like we, I can again, keep asking questions. Oh, I got. So I, I talk just, to you I just want you to know. I think this has to happen again at some point. Yeah, and if if if, if this does well, if you're, I don't know how many listeners you have, but if they like it, we can do it again. And if they don't, then that's cool too. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna, I'm sure they're going to love it. I really do. I know a lot of people here that um, some have even visited Jim Jones, I think, when you were when you were there back in the day. And there's a lot of respect for you around here. So, um, dude, thank you so much again for being on the show and just accepting the invitation. It was it was an honor having you. No, you know what? I, here's, here's the other thing I try to do. I, I'm very humbled and honored you guys asked me. I always like, again, I, I think when you do this stuff all the time, you become complacent, but I think it's pretty damn cool that a couple of guys from a, from a well-respected gym in New York, that they think highly enough of me to want me on the podcast. That's pretty awesome. So, um, the pleasure is all mine and, and thank you for, for choosing me of all the people you talk to, to, uh, to spend time with. That's, that's pretty cool. Oh dude, absolutely. Thank you so much, Bobby. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Breakdown. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did receive some value from this episode, please remember to share with a friend, spread the word, and help us grow this podcast as we look to bring on even more guests onto the show and spread the mission of this podcast, which is bringing some clarity in this fitness industry and keep providing you guys with quality content. So please leave a review, a comment, subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, all the other platforms. Platforms. And until next time, guys, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you next time.